Hey there, believers. I wanted to invite you to check out BraxtonWV.org forward slash bump to see what West Virginia has to offer. Whether you're just passing through the mountain state or if you're looking for high strangeness and adventure, home of the Flatwoods Monster Sighting and the museum, there's plenty of fun to be had. There are links to get info on Braxy, Bigfoot, UFOs, and even ghost tours. If you want outdoor adventure, click the link to the lakes and rivers and camping. Or if you're looking for a nice, relaxing, unhaunted night's sleep, you don't have to stay at the Elk Hostel. Check in at the Elk River Hotel and Cafe, or even at the Days Inn and Suites. Whatever you're looking for, find it on BraxtonWV.org forward slash bump, that's B-U-M-P, and center yourself here. When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hello, and welcome back to Girls of the Corn Podcast. Well, kinda. I am the great and powerful Mr. E. And I am Just Jay today. And if you're listening to this on our show, great. If you're not listening to this on our show, great. Because this is going to be a fun crossover episode with who, Jay? We're here with Bo Kennedy from The Bump Podcast. Woo! Hey, Bo! (laughs) Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, living the dream. Every day. Uh yeah, yeah that's great. Uh, you've been one of my favorites for a while. I t- I told him so. Jay wasn't in the room for everybody at home, but I told him about the sticker thing. That every time we went to put up a sticker, yeah, there the was bump. a bump sticker there already. Every single spot, yeah, every spot all over this country. Well, that like, makes me feel good because I had no clue that was going on, man. Yeah, Jay <laughs> would run out of the car, and most places allowed us to put stickers. I'm right. gonna say all of them for legal reasons, right? Uh. But the Jay would get out of the car, and there would always be a bump. I think there was like six or seven on the Flatwoods Monster door. Oh, yeah. They were all over that one. Yeah. That, there was like a whole tree of them. That's one where I noticed like, okay, these are everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> where else did we see them? We seen oh. uh, Mothman. Mothman Museum. Uh, um, where did we go? Down to... Uh, International Paranormal Museum. Yep. There you go. They were uh, all over Zach's there. Place. Yep. Um, which, Zach Bales, the Paranormal of uh, the Night... Oh, gosh. The Paranormal Nightmare Gallery. Yes. He's a buddy of ours, so I got to 
the paranormal road trip. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but I've yammered on already. So if you're listening to us on Crimson Corn, uh, Bo here is going to tell you about the Bump Podcast, and then we'll vice versa. So you go right ahead, Bo. It's your show. All right. Yeah. Again, thanks for having me on. Thanks for doing this with me. Um, my show, the Bump Podcast. Bump is actually an acronym. Um, you were right. It, uh, off air, it is kind of like Bump in the Night. You mm-hmm. know, there, there's a little wordplay. But the, uh, the acronym stands for Believers of the Unexplained Monsters and Paranormal. Mm. Um, That's awesome. I thought it would kind of be like all-encompassing. Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of just pull everything in. So this is just a little bit of fun to do. Um, I started my show. It's been right at three years now. I think April or May makes three years. Um, I was actually... I had, I had made a big list of all of my personal experiences and I reached out to Tony Merkel. Everybody knows who that mm-hmm. is. And, uh, I was trying to get on the confessionals and his initial wait list at that time was like six months long. And then COVID hit and I'm a teacher, you know, so everything mm-hmm. got shut down at home. You know, mm-hmm. I had to learn how to use zoom and all that stuff. And I thought, you know, I got a whole lot of free time. I have zoom in front of me. Let me just try to do this on my own, you know? And uh, the podcast was born. I spent the first episode talking about myself. And then I started just talking to people I know, bringing them onto the show, you know, to talk to me. We did everything from my phone, you know, so the audio sucks for season one. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I, the rest is history. I got 160-some episodes now, I think. Almost 170 episodes. Uh Tons of Bigfoot content, alien abductions, uh, demon encounters, you know, just you name it, and it's on the show. It's, it's a lot of fun. I remembered back to one, oh gosh, it was just within the last probably month or so, I'm going to say, uh, with the guardian angel with that that lady. Uh, she was, oh gosh, now I'm really bad. I listen to, I listen to so many podcasts, like individual stories, so it's hard to, they get muddled. But where her son was in danger, and she called her son, and I, it, you probably, I'm oh, probably yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, I'm like maybe I'm completely wrong, but no, no, no you're right. That was a really good one because you don't, you know, that was a lot of positive stuff in there too, which you don't get to hear a lot on, you know, a lot yeah. of the stuff we deal with, you know. You it, know, initially that that whole interview or session, whatever you want to call it, was about her experience with a, a Bigfoot creature. Uh, I had seen her make a comment on TikTok, and I was like, hey, t- come talk to me about it. And she did. And it was about this Bigfoot that like jumped out of a tree in front of her in the suburbs. It was like, wow. But then when she started talking, you know, she had all these other experiences like you're talking about. You know, she she got this message to get a hold of her son. It was, so it was cool. It's amazing. And it's just stuff you enjoy hearing because you don't get to typically hear it. I mean... There's yeah. a lot of paranormal podcast, so whenever you get that stuff, that's awesome. You know, on the positive end of the spectrum, you look so dead. I am <laughs> Chuck the Monster, uh, but yeah, you're one of my favorites. You're in my playlist. Uh, I, admit, I appreciate that. Reached out to you. You're super nice. That was awesome. You know, reaching out to people. You never know how it's going to go, and it's yeah. always nice when you connect in a positive way. Yeah, you know, I don't know about you guys. I've been turned down twice you know once was uh 
I reached out too late. Uh, do you know who Dr. Michael Heiser is? Are you familiar with him? That name sounds familiar I, for some we, reason. I, no, I, no, I'm not familiar, so I'm going to say no. Okay. He, he wrote The Unseen Realm and Supernatural and all these books. You, know, you have that book. Books. That's yeah. why. Um, I reached out to him like right at New Year's, and uh, he passed away two days ago, maybe three oh. days ago. Oh, okay. From terminal cancer, you know, mm. and uh, – I had just reached out too late. You know, he's already done with the shows and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, so that that was the one time I got turned down. And then a second time by someone I thought would be on board, but they were just like, a, uh, I don't know. They, they were more religious than they were uh, friendly. Oh, <laughs> okay. you, could say, you know what I mean? Okay. Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. I, he said that, you know, his audience and mine were not of the same. What? Yeah, yeah, that was his. Rat. And I said, "Okay, man, you know, whatever." So we but, call yeah, those I'll, I'll uh, we call those huh? back back pew sitters because that way they yeah. can watch everybody else come in. Yeah, yeah. There's they. It's I can't stand people like that. Now starting out, we got we got turned down quite a few times. Jay doesn't even know about it because Jay don't do anything on this side of the podcast. <laughs> uh. But no, reaching out to people and stuff like that when we were a lot smaller, you know. And now it's just some of those people want to try to get back with us now. A lot smaller with our bad mics in the yeah. beginning, too. So, yeah. If you're fine with it, we'll do uh, the same thing and kind of talk about us for a second if you're yeah, okay. Man. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Because uh, we're still new to this, like these crossover shows, because it's going on both platforms the same way. Right. Um, but yeah, Crypt's Corn. I'm Justin. And I'm Jay. Uh, so. I was a fishery biologist. I bring a lot of that kind of stuff. So, and Jay is very conspiratorially minded. Yeah, I was a bartender, and I like talking to people. So, oh, you can tell the story how we how it, this came to be here in a second. But yeah. we like to say where we're uh, scientific and magical thinking combined. We try to mash them all together, and it works out about eighty percent of the time. Yeah, just about. <laughs> so we have a fun story about how we got together, just like you know, just kind of how this stuff happened. So Jay is my local bartender. Uh, and I am I frequent quite often. Yeah, you're a local guest. Yeah, our patron. So why don't you tell them how everybody at home how we got kind of the start? Uh, I was bartending one night, and then uh, that was our euchre night there at the bowling alley. And Justin strolls in, and just doing the typical, you know, normal hammered. Bowl. I'm hammered. Yeah, hammered night. But one <laughs> in this particular night, he comes and pulls me over and asks if I believe in Bigfoot, and of course I do. And uh, so one thing led to another. We created a Bigfoot society group where we were going to go, you know, explore and look for signs, but then just talk about it and talk about things in these realms at these, you know, in this group. And our first meeting, we had four people show up. So us two included. Um, We did this a couple months and then we thought like, well, Justin thought, you know, let's just start a podcast and just talk about what these, what people talk about in these meetings each week and then that kind of just took off from there. So, and now we're at a hundred and oh no, we're we just crossed two hundred thousand downloads. On and, that, how many episodes? Oh, okay. I was like, uh, a hundred and thirty-one on the main show and seventy-five on Patreon. So over two hundred episodes wow. we've recorded since then. That was twenty twenty is when we started. Or no, 20- it was it was November of twenty twenty-one. Is when the first episode came out. 2021. Okay. Right at the end. Because then we did all of 2022, and now we're in 2023. 
That's right. Jeez. And now we're speakers at events and stuff like that. Like, Yeah, so it's multiplied out of nowhere. Just from starting this little Bigfoot group here in town. And then our first episode we ever recorded, I bought the Chintzy Amazon kit. Anybody at home that don't know, you go to Amazon, type in podcast kit. There's one that's like $62. And we record. We got that. We were in my buddy's house. We went out Bigfoot the night before. Scared the hell out of a possum with a thermal camera. Uh, <laughs> and then we record this. In a, Didn't know nothing about acoustics. Didn't know nothing about any of this. We're sitting in this kitchen. It's all ceramic. There are dogs barking in the background, and there's three grown men sitting over this microphone that's about the size of a Sharpie. Yeah, it's one single mic. It's just like, <laughs> it sounds like we're like this. You know, we're all in this. It's just... But then it's it's come a long way. Oh yeah, night and day from that. You guys start uh, somewhere, and we owe like you know talk about Tony. We owe a lot to Tony. Tony brought us on uh, November, uh, and when we went to we went on to there, we only had thirty thousand total downloads, I believe. Yeah, and now we're over two hundred thousand downloads. We're doing about forty, and I I, I share our numbers because I don't know why people. Some people are real secretive. I don't that bug me, but. We, you know, we've done about 40000 a month now. So we owe a lot to Tony and Joel and Eric and all. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, this this whole community is like just a great, I don't know, very supportive community. It's a nice circle to be in, and yeah, we've re- it's really just helped us grow. Yeah. So that's – is that enough tooting our own horn? Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but – You guys have been really busy, though. I mean, oh, 200 gosh. episodes in like – 14 months, 16 months? Yeah, like about that. about 14 months. Yeah, it's it's, wow. a little, it's a little crazy sometimes. Oh, gosh, man. And then we run three other podcasts. Yeah, yeah. I don't sleep. Doesn't let it's me not. sleep either. I don't let him sleep. He's late every single time, like tonight. Uh, <laughs> but Yeah, and then it's just like, it's just crazy, the people you get to meet through this and this. And then, did you think six months ago we were going to be speakers at events? <laughs> no. Paid speakers and <laughs> right, all this stuff? Right, yeah. It's crazy. Life's crazy. Yes, it is. But even like getting to meet you and sit here and talk to you, I ne- would have never imagined this six months ago. So this is a great <laughs> honor for us. No joke. I'm not joking. Because uh, we were listening thank, to you. I thank God y'all listen to the show, man. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm happy to talk to somebody that likes the show. Oh, yeah. you got a, Like I'm saying, you got a good following. Uh, I'm I trying to think. That. Shane... From Inquiries on Reality, he's he's a really big fan of yours too. A podcast yeah. out of Michigan. Yeah, Shane's a good guy, man. I, t- oh, okay. I talk to him a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Giving uh, him his free shout out. Right. Yeah, we've we've been on each other's show a couple times. Uh, I just had him on. It was probably my most clever title episode. It was called uh, "It Was About the Wendigo." Mm-hmm. So I named it, you know, "When to Stay and When to Go." Yep. There yeah. you go. I, I cracked myself up, you know, it's like dad joke kind of stuff, but it was fun. Every description of our episodes has to have a pun in it. <laughs> Nobody ever reads them. And I even put like things like questionnaires, like if you read this, I'll send you a t-shirt. No one's ever sent an email. No, you know, it's like, but I, we have to put a physical pun in every one of them. Just, I think it makes it fun. It's fun typing them up. It's yeah. Uh, but we so we kind of talked off air that we're going to kind of start with some of you know around the table our own paranormal stories, uh, and then you know go from there. Jay, do you want to start? Sure. <clears throat> Which one are you going to start with? Um, Give it a title. 
Uh, I like putting them on the spot. I don't know. <laughs> Ghost in the Closet? I don't know. You going with that one? Yeah, probably. Uh, okay, go ahead. So, and I didn't see nothing. I never had a... I'm trying to think. I've never physically seen a ghost or anything like that, but um, I made my brother, so we've gone ghost hunting before, and uh, but never physically seen things. I felt things at times, but the only thing that ever scared me, which was a couple times, but the first time it happened, um, I was sleeping in my, in my room, and it was just that time of night before, uh, just before you fall asleep, you know, you're still, your mind's still awake, you're still laying there in bed, but just as you're getting ready to fall asleep, um, I was laying there in a pitch black room, and I heard something like a noise in my closet. And I laid there just in bed, just staring at my ceiling like, okay, I thought I heard all my clothes shifting, sliding down, you know, the rails in the closet, and but there's no way that's what that was. So I'm just sitting there staring at my ceiling, staring. So finally I get up, flip the lights on, and I walk over to my closet. And it's got the two big, like, sliding doors. So I slid them both open. Sure enough, all the clothes on the top left rack were all slid to one end of my closet. So I was, okay. So I immediately just closed the door and then went and I slept downstairs on my couch for the next six months. And, and um, But I could never explain it, and I didn't know. I just, I still, like, I don't know. What else could cause that to even happen? It just doesn't make sense, you know, that anything anything natural can cause something like that to happen. And it was weird. It was just in that room of the house where really any activity ever, ever happened. Because it was, it's a fairly new house. It was built in, um, shoot, built in like the late 90s. The one that you guys are in now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like brand new. Yeah, so like, it was, no reason for it to be haunted, I would say, but... It's oh, so weird. It's almost like Ohio is built on one big Indian burial ground. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's it. <laughs> it's just ever. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of dead Indians here. They may not have been dead before we got here. Oh, but they are. Uh, They're dead now. Yeah. Which is inevitable, you know, through father time. But not like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Choking. <laughs> Laughed. But, yeah, that's like one of my few. Now, when I did, like I said, I did go, like. Uh, ghost hunting with my brother and uh, some of his friends, they had equipment where you get locked in the house, you know, for 24 hours or whatever, 12 hours through all through the night and get what you can get. But we stayed in this one house supposedly haunted and I don't know, the first half an hour I was creeped out and scared. You know, it just felt like there was something there. But the longer you're in places like that, it, that feeling went away because I didn't feel nothing the rest of the night and didn't even feel scared by the end of it. But we did end up catching like a a voice on camera or our recorder. But that whole time we were there, it was that one voice that one time, and that was it. So kind of a underwhelming feeling at the end of the whole experience. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, that that closet experience that, that's enough. You know, it's it's not like your closet could have just like tilted at a 45 and everything slide down you know that's right it would take something to physically move your stuff that's pretty wild mm -hmm. yeah it, I, it, what is it with closets and it's like a human like a, a modern human fear and i don't know it's always been weird to me because a lot of stuff happens in them mm -hmm. you know I, w later we'll get into stuff with about some of my stuff and it is with the closets but it's all i, I don't know if it's because it's a door that goes nowhere and it's that kind of thing hmm or it's something like, but I don't know. It's always closets, and kids are naturally 
afraid of closets. It's, it's my mom and dad's closet when I was a little kid. I used to be terrified of. Did you have a reason? Uh, yeah, because... Is that uh, where your dad kept his eye? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I, he ever listens <laughs> to this podcast, he's going to hate me. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, they had a vent that went up into their attic in their closet. So if you open the door really fast, it would push the air, and it would raise that vent. It was just a vent, piece of wood covering the vent. So, you know, climb up in there. So if you open the door really fast, the air pressure would lift that whole door up and it comes slamming back down. Oh, okay. So I remember one time I come flying in there and then that happened. I thought someone was up there. So I took off running. And ever since then, I was afraid. We're we're really bad with tangents, just so you know. It's all right. I am too, man. It's a little bit of ADD. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to tell you a short one or do you want to go next? I, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Okay. So I'm going to do Sea Monster. Okay. So some, you know, mm-hmm. then this one actually has an ending. Right. Uh, so I, I used to go shark fishing a lot. Daytona Beach, specifically Daytona, New Smyrna area. Anybody familiar with Florida, you know, Daytona, Daytona 500, that kind of stuff. New Smyrna is the beach that's just south of Daytona. Literally, that's like you can walk from Daytona to New Smyrna. New Smyrna is the shark bite capital of the world. And everybody likes to sell t-shirts for it and stuff like that. It's because a bunch of sharks go to have babies. So there's a bunch of foot-long sharks that bite you, and they don't even cut your skin. And everybody's like, I got bit by a shark on New Smyrna. Is it? Is that why it's the number one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, they haven't had a fatal shark attack in, like, the last hundred years. Like, it just, it's, it's just what happens is the baby sharks will bite your hand because it looks like a fish. And right. they immediately let go because they're like, oh, that's attached to something a lot bigger. So fishing Daytona, though, you'd have to fish at night for sharks. Uh, just because all the swimmers and stuff like that. You're legally allowed to d- fish during the day. But Karens and whatnot, it's just... Sharks are there, but I've been screamed at that I'm attracting sharks. It's like, nope, I wouldn't be fishing here if they weren't here. Like, that's why I'm here. Uh, so what we do at night, we'd set up a big shepherd's hook with lights facing the water and stuff like that. It is December, I believe, so I'm the only person on this beach. All these Florida people are like, you know, it's 60 degrees or it's freezing. I came down from Ohio on a plane, and I'm like, "Woo!" I'm out there in the shorts, Short just standing play. in the water. <laughs> but uh, I can't, it might not have been the same. I don't remember now. But uh, turtle, the turtle patrol would keep passing by about every hour, and there was a couple other fishermen, you know, several miles apart and stuff. You could see their lights, and they would stop. The turtle patrol would ask, like, "Hey, do you see any turtles?" You know, and they go mark the nest and stuff like that. So I, they'd talk to you every time they came by, you know, that kind of deal. I'd, I'd seen a couple turtles come out of the ocean, so that was cool. And they'd go mark the nest and put a little cage around it and make sure raccoons and stuff didn't dig the eggs up. And you didn't sleep. You know, you, they didn't set up a beach towel on them the next day or something. So I'm sitting there. Uh, I got my lights facing the water. The reason we got these big spotlights facing the water is if you hook a shark and it's dark, you want to be able to unhook the shark without getting bit. Right. So you got to have a lot of light. Uh, and I'm sitting there. It's probably about 1 a.m., off to my right, I can cut. So, well, I gotta say something. I'm fishing this little deep spot. So, there's a second sandbar on the coast of Florida. So, it goes out, out, deep, deep, deep. Then it raises back up to like three or four foot. And then it goes back to deep. So, you fish that little trough in between for sharks at night, that little deep spot that's inside. So, I'm fishing about 200 yards off to my right. This weird wave comes in. I'm like, okay, it's not that weird because it's the ocean, you know. There's going to be a weird wave every once in a while. And then it starts, breaks left. So it starts heading right at me. 
And I'm like, oh, that's really weird. So it's running parallel with the beach now. As it gets in front of my spotlights, this 30-foot-long, big, slimy black creature is undulating in and out of the water, going in front of me. As it gets dead in front of me, I just see this giant eye. And it goes past me, and then it goes back out. And I'm I'm freaking out. I'm probably 17. So I'm freaking out, like, and then helicopters with spotlights started flying like 20 minutes later. So now I'm thinking the government's coming to get me because I seen a sea monster. I'm not supposed to see a sea monster. And then finally, like another half hour after that, Turtle Patrol comes back by. I tell him what I seen. And he's like, oh, no, you didn't see a sea monster. You seen a pilot whale. And what these pilot whales would do is they'll come in and they're hunting the same sharks that you're fishing for. So they come in and check to see if there's any sharks in there and then they leave. And he probably just seen your light and look it up. Are you guys at home? Look it up. The pilot whales get about 25 foot long. They're a jet black oh. whale with a short dorsal fin. So if you've everybody's seen killer whales, they're killer whale cousin. Uh, they're not quite as big, but they are jet black. So that would be so freaky. Yeah. Cause we talk about that kind of stuff a lot. Misidentification because uh, that is a, a scary animal. If you don't know what you're looking at. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine so. Uh, the ocean, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it anyway. You know, I, I'll go in there about waist deep. And I'm like, I'm good. You know, yeah. if I can't see the bottom, then, you know, who knows what's down there. There's a lot. A pilot well would be enough to give me a heart attack. So. And that's not even that big on the scale. Uh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of one of my short ones. All right. You're up. All right. All right. I'll give you one. Uh, we can do... Uh, Paranormal. I'll, I'll do that. Um, it was New Year's 2010. I had been home from the Air Force about six weeks. And my best friend lived in Michigan. He wanted me to come up to his place for New Year's. Um, he had been telling me, you know, since I got home, he, he knew I was into all this stuff. I, I was ghost hunting and stuff in Louisiana when I was still stationed down there. But I get home and now now I'm closer to where he's at because he already got out and he's living in Michigan. And uh, he's telling me that he's living in this, you know, this home that he's renting, and that he hears, you know, growling sometimes at night, that his lights flicker, that his cabinets shut funny, you know, like they slam shut and stuff. And I think he's just trying to get me to come up because he's lonely, you know. Like I haven't seen him in a couple of years, you know. It's New Year's. He wants to drink. I wanted to drink. So he asked me to come up. So I had this like 19, well, I think it was a, no, like a 2002 Hyundai Accent. It was like the trash little mm-hmm. car, man. Uh, it was it was already falling apart. Didn't really have any brakes. But I drove <laughs> it from southern West Virginia up to Lansing, Michigan uh, at New Year's. You know, it's like... yeah a foot of snow up there, you know, it's crazy, but we get up there and, uh, you know, we're just doing our thing. We fill the fridge with beer, you know, just like we did when we were in the service and we're drinking and having a good time. And I take all of my ghost hunting equipment with me, which it consisted of at that time. Um, I think I had a handheld camera that, you know, that I had a green light that they called night vision. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had the digital, uh, thermometer. You take the air temperature, and I had a uh, a voice recorder, you know, for EVPs. Mm-hmm. 
And so we're going around his house and I had a little EMF detector, you know, we're scanning stuff and there was a certain painting on his wall. You know, when I get close to it, you know, the, the EMF would raise. So I thought maybe there's something in the wall, you know, circuitry or whatever, maybe a, a breaker box is on the other side or whatever. So we take the painting off the wall and if we would hold it out, you know, it would still read higher EMF off that painting. No oh, wow. Ooh, don't like that. Yeah. So it was kind of weird, but you know, we hung it up, kept going. He said, uh, he hears the growling and stuff out of the basement area, like the downstairs. And it was about half finished down there. There was carpet and stuff, but no furniture. And, uh, I want to preface this by saying I was an idiot, you know, <laughs> I, go, I go downstairs and I'm talking, I'm talking to the ghost or whatever might be there. Uh, my buddy at this time, he's letting me know that he's a total skeptic. He doesn't believe any of this. You know, he just wanted to get drunk. Um, he's trying to, he said that that might've been raccoons outside that he heard the growling, you know, um, maybe he didn't turn the light switch off good enough. Maybe that's why it flickered. Yeah. He's trying to come up with excuses because I think he's starting to see that it's, there's a little bit more reality. Yeah. You know, it gets scary. He, yeah. He's getting a little nervous, but anyway, we're down in the basement and nothing's going on really. Um, we're taking air readings, you know, and it's like, things like 68 degrees down there or 65 degrees, something like that. Well, every time we would take the air reading closer to where I was standing, it would go down, but it didn't just go down like a couple of degrees. It would go down like nine or 10 degrees wow. Ooh. near me. You know, if I'd give it to him, he'd take the air reading anywhere else in the room, but around me, I could feel it. You know, I got that little nervous feeling, you know, I don't know if you, if you guys have ever been in a situation where you, feel like something's with you or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I could feel that something was going on and like an idiot, I said out loud, I gave an open invitation that if it was there and have, was having trouble manifesting that it could use my energy for whatever it wanted to do to show itself. And that's what alcohol does. You know, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it just, it makes you a little stupid. Mm -hmm. Been there. And, you know, nothing happened. I thought nothing went on, you know. So we come back upstairs and we're sitting on the couch. Um, We were both pretty heavy drinkers at that time. Super high tolerance. Uh, It's not. It's nothing to brag about. We were borderline alcoholics, to be honest. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, So it wasn't like we were drunk. We were just hanging out watching TV, talking about whatever. And all of a sudden it felt to me like the walls were closing in on me. Like my vision started to go out. I started getting real dizzy. And, uh, I told him, I said, man, I'm gonna have to go to bed. I'm gonna have to go lay down, you know, pass out or sleep this off, whatever this, whatever's going on. And I did. I, and I laid, when I laid down, you know, I was praying. I thought this is it. I'm, I'm going to die in Michigan. I don't know what's going on, you know? Um, it was not like an alcohol related accident, but it would appear to be one had I went to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm, yep. Um, but yeah, the next morning I wake up and I'm still, still not right. Um, I go, we went to a little, like a med express. I don't know if they have them up in Ohio or whatever. It's like a little, you know, a little 
Haywith Cash County Clinic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they took my blood pressure and it was like some kind of phenomenal number, like one eighty over one twenty. Oh geez. <laughs> yeah, super high blood pressure. I'm I'm shaking and stuff. But they wanted me to pay seventy five dollars to see a doctor and I didn't have any money because I was you know, it's fresh out the Air Force. I was broke. Um, but whatever this was that I had invited, it it seemed like it was starting, you know, that had started using me like that night. And I kid you not, for five solid years of my life, until I was thirty five years old, I had fights with the, like severe depression, uh really bad anxiety like anxiety to wow. so bad that i couldn't get out of bed some days to go to work um or i would be on my way to work and i had to stop and turn around and go back to the house just because i just couldn't handle anything um horrible horrible but then almost to the day five years later i wake up and it feels like everything's gone you know so i don't know if i had welcomed some kind of curse I don't know if I finally said the right words to, to break what kind of stronghold it may have had. I don't know what it was I was messing with. But that's uh, that's one thing that happened to me. Um, another one real quick that makes it a little more fun. It's, it's actually on the show. Is earlier in my episodes, you know, like season one, early season two, I would uh, talk to a lot of people about their paranormal experiences. And while we're on the air, I would get EVPs every once in a while. Hmm. Like I would have something and I'm, I'm not the most tech savvy person, but I know what it's like when you have feedback mm-hmm. or if you get an echo or something like that, you know what I mean? But I would be sitting there and having a conversation. And after I would speak, you know, off beat and a few seconds later, I would hear something basically mimic what I was saying, but like an octave lower than me and at a, you know, at a different candor, you know, it's like, you know, if I'd say I'm right here and then it would be down, you know, I'm right here. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, what are you? (laughs) But of course you don't hear that while you're sitting here talking. It's when you're doing your edits or when you get an email, Hey man, listen to episode such and such at, you know, this, this time and you go back there and mark it. And sure enough, there's stuff all throughout the yeah. earlier episodes. Wow. It's spooky oh, stuff. Man. Hate it. I hate it. Hate it. Yeah. I have a, I'll, I'll share that here in a minute, the shadow person and demonic stuff too. And I avoid it. People think I like don't believe it. I do. The problem is I really do believe in it. That's why I avoid it at all costs. Uh, but no, that's horrid that using you. And that we talk about that too. Like, I've I've told kids and stuff like that. Some of my I'm a 4-H advisor, uh, like you know you're a teacher, so you know these kids will go out and they'll get a Ouija board and they'll play with stuff. Mm. And yeah, I'm like guys, you don't know what you're agreeing to. You don't know what you're talking to. You don't know what you're inviting. And like like you're a perfect example. It put a a horrid drain on your life for years. Yes, man. And that's horrible. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're we're all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're all Christians in here. It don't matter, but yeah. but yeah, it's just if you believe in that side of it, then why would you play with the demon? And like you said, you know, you drink it and stuff like that. Uh, we used to play slap bowl when we get drunk, and <laughs> literally with the big old uh, boar goat. But, oh wow! Yeah, that was horrid. 
I never played that game. Oh, we that's that's bad. That's animal stuff. But we used to you have to slap him on the butt because he couldn't see behind him because his horns were so big. Mm, okay. But the second person, he had his he had his head turned. Yeah, yeah. So he was waiting for it. Anyways, but demonic stuff is just horrid. It just uses you like a battery. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, for years, all, well, most of my life. I was terrified of anything demonic, you know, because I don't know. I was, I was raised Catholic until I was about 17 or 18 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, then I went and found my own way and, you know, got saved in a a different denomination. But yeah. So demons were just as real as, you know, my uncles, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like they were around, you know, and uh, they, it was never like a doubt. That this kind of stuff exists and stuff. And so it, as a little boy, you know, it put a fear in me, you know, that I didn't quite understand until I got older as to what these things are, um, what they want, you know, you know, where they come from and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And once you get an understanding of it and once you know uh, that they've already lost, you know, speaking of being a Christian, you mm-hmm. know that, you know, we're, we've already won. We have dominion. Yeah. It's, yeah. What what they're trying to do is prolong the inevitable. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're trying to delay that game. But uh, once once you get a, fir- a firm grasp on that and realize who we are as children of God, then the fear can go away a little bit. Mm-hmm. That, that's all the demons have. They have fear, you know, and uh, they, they feed off of that. That's their main weapon. You know, deception and fear. That's that's really all they got. Hundred percent, I hundred percent agree with you, and it's just, yeah. I mean, it's that's the, that's what they do, and then they only can have power over you if you basically agree to it or you let them give it. Yeah, and that's what I worry about these kids all the time. Is like, you don't know, and this could like it had effects on your life for years. Yeah, man. And they don't need you. Yeah. People don't need that. But this house I live in, I've personally known. I know the man that built it. I know I've personally known everybody that's died in here. I've personally known everybody that's been in and out. So that's why this house is so much better. But if you're okay with it, feeding off of your story, I'll tell you about the evilest house in Hardin County. <laughs> yes, man. It, yeah, let me let me hear it. It definitely is. Yeah. No, I believe you. Uh, so this is I'm going to give the short version because we've done hours on this uh, this topic. But so we moved out to the country. We were living in a trailer. A local farmer, uh, basically, they had this big old house that was in the same like county block as us. I know you guys are in the hills and everything, but oh, yeah. we're all flat. So, right. it, it may not make sense in Appalachia uh, moving a house like where I'm about to tell you how we moved the house, but here it works because it, it's just driving. But basically, he gave us this gigantic house for a buck. All we had to do, oh, sorry, all we had to do was move it. And right. it just was going maybe like a half a mile. You yeah, didn't? probably. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing. So we get in there, and I this at this point, I'm probably like nine years old. And this house is, nobody's lived in it. Nobody's been in it for years and years. It's on the back of his property. He's about to turn this into more farmland. He owns like nine or ten houses, properties. All, you know, he's bought up everything. So this is just something he wants out of it way. So we're helping him just as much as he's helping us kind of deal. Uh, we get in there and it's, it's clean. 
No furniture, nothing like that. No, but there's not one mouse turd, not one raccoon turd, nothing. So I'm a, I like a, I'm a big animal nerd, so that makes that matters for this next part. We start busting up some walls because we got to basically get rid of this like porch to pick it up because there's no foundation under it, so we, it's not coming with us. Uh, we start pulling out snakeskin after snakeskin after snakeskin after snakeskin. I love snakes. The whole room behind me is full of them. But I kept looking at dad and saying, this is a, a, a timber rattler. And I'm nine. And right. my dad's been very supportive of me my whole life. But he's like, okay. You know, okay, okay. And finally, uh, I show him the pattern. And I say, look at how it is. So we have a big college in our town. And it has a big herpetology department, the study of reptiles and amphibians. And he takes that lady and she's like, yep. Timber rattler. Timber rattler. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and she's like, well, you know, they've been extirpated, which just means locally extinct in our part of Ohio for like 185 years. So what? you must just have this, you know, the snake's probably been dead for 60 or 70 years. And you just must have like a relic one, you know, just one that was hanging on, you know, a little extra. Right. No, it wasn't dead. Uh, so the day we're literally going to pick up the house and if anybody's never picked up a whole house, it's. A whole big process. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But this big guy was going down, and he had to cut the last pieces of attachment to the foundation. That's all he had to do. He goes down there, and he comes back up. And he's like, "I ain't going down there, big old snake. I, I won't go. It won't let you. Get, it won't let you do anything." And his boss is like, "You're going down there. I'm firing you." And he's like, "No, I ain't going down." There. He just left. He left the site. So he goes down there, and there's this gigantic rattlesnake sitting right in the spot where he's got to go to cut the thing, like it's oh, wow. like it's almost like it's guarding the stuff. And finally, they just left the doors open. And he crawled back out in the woods and never seen again. Same woods that we lived in. Yeah. Never. I looked for him all the time. Never found him. But we moved the house. Uh, years and years and years we lived there. Tons of small, weird, individual haunting stuff. You know. Phantom footsteps, all this stuff. Like, I literally, I heard somebody upstairs, the room above me, like, step, 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 step. My buddy, my best friend Nick, his dad is like retired military police, retired SWAT, and literally he lives like a county block away. And I, nobody's home. I'm too scared to move. I call him. He puts me in his car and then he sweeps the house. And he's like, there's nobody in that house. And I'm basically in tears, so he believes me. He takes me here to this house, my grandma's house. Right. And that happened like eight or nine times at least, the, all the different kids. Uh, my aunt and uncle end up living us the, the last year we were there. My mom got, well, yeah, so we moved out because my mom got a non-Hopkins lymphoma. And we had this big farm. It just was too much, so we actually moved to this house. But going back, so all this small stuff happens, stuff like that. I have... Three biological siblings, two adopted siblings. I'm the oldest biological. The kid under me is named Luke. Uh, he's got a form of muscular dystrophy. Super tough. He's an adult now, but super tough kid. Uh, at this time, he had had his legs open several times, poked around. You know, they he literally had like stints and stuff like that. The kid didn't cry. Luke is he's still super tough, but so this night happens and he comes into my room. And keep, I'm seven, 16, 17 at this point. So he's like 15, 16. So we're both, you know, bigger kids. He comes in my room and he's like, hey, can I sleep in here? 
and or can I sleep with you? And I'm like, what? He's like, can I sleep with you? And I'm like, you can't. There's no room in the bed. You gotta sleep on the floor. And he's like, okay. No, only time he's ever done it. So he lays on the floor. The foot of my bed, I have a big ball python, snake. I have lizards, fish, all this stuff. I had a bunch of tanks. <laughs> what? It, you've always had all that stuff. I've always. The, yeah. My mom and dad's been very supportive of my addiction. <laughs> uh, I always sleep face the wall because I guess I'm a psychopath. Uh, so I sleep face the wall and Luke gets up and he pokes me. And my job was as the oldest kid, I had to take care of all my siblings, get them to school, get them fed. So I had to wake up early. So he pokes me, and I'm like, Luke, stop it. I got to wake up early. You've already woke me up once. Another couple minutes go by. He pokes me again. I'm like, Luke, stop it. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm done. You know, stop, Luke. Another few minutes, guy pokes me again. I'm like, Luke, seriously, stop. This last time, he pinches me like your mom grabs you at church real hard, yeah. right, right on that meat of your neck. I turn around, and he's asleep on the floor. Uh-uh. And there's this shadow hanging over me. And the shadow slowly stands up. It's just blacker and black. It's kind of vaguely human. I look at the foot of the bed. The lizards, the fish are going nuts. Fluffy is my snake. This big, sweet snake. She is bashing her head into the glass, striking at this thing. She broke every tooth in her head, had to go to the vet. Just uh-huh. going nuts, going at this thing. And it just kind of raises up, goes backwards, and kind of melts away into the closet, but goes down. Like you can, It's almost like it's going downstairs smoothly. I freak out, wake up. I'm guessing Luke won't talk about it ever, but I'm guessing it followed from him into my room. And it was because that's the only reason I could think of him ever coming to my room. We go to mom and dad. I tell dad, he doesn't even look, he doesn't say nothing. He's like, okay, we're going to your grandma's. So he had seen it. And yeah, so, and then because he didn't even question it, didn't ask one question. We got all my siblings, we left. Next day, this lady in our town named Carol Slane, she is super, I don't even know what to call it, super in tune with the faith and everything like that. You know, she just, and my pastor comes out and she comes out, and I'm the oldest kid, so I'm allowed to be there. And we start praying over the house, and she just kind of puts her hand up, and she's walking around the house, and she touches, so the old part of the house, the house we moved she touches this spot and she's like, Bill, oh, my dad, uh, you need, there's something in the wall. You need to open it up. It doesn't even question her. Goes out, gets a hammer, opens it up. There's about a two foot knife with this big smiling serpent as the handle. And it's, they, they, I can't even remember how they got rid of it, but they, they properly got rid of it. They kept praying over the house and then they kept finding more coins in the wall. Every time she touched the wall and they opened it up, there would be a coin or this little like coin thing. So after this whole thing, they did this all day, found all this stuff in the walls. Every time she touched all this stuff, but the big snake knife was the big one. The, the stuff stopped or slowed down, didn't go all the way, so I never think we got rid of it all. So backtracking, hindsight... The first week we had this house, a lady related to the guy that gave us the house, not him, not the guy, the lady related to the guy, came up to us, came up to me, my dad, and my, one of my brothers, and like, hey, did you, 
did you find any of our like papers, any family papers, stuff like that? We we forgot family papers. And dad's like, nope. We did. We had them. They were all these crazy occult papers. They had all this like sigil stuff on them. And dad had just destroyed them. Yeah. And then dad looked at us and he's like, remember who that is because that's an evil woman. Because uh, she waited fully for all the movement to be done and her relation that gave us the stuff to be out of the picture dealing with us before she came looking for it. I, I fully believe the guy that gave us the house had no idea what he gave us. Yeah. And she was the one using this house for ceremonies and stuff like that. I fully believe this is kind of like a, a demonic guard dog, uh, you know, for whatever they were doing there. And our little area has a bunch of history mm-hmm. of really satanic uh, cult stuff. My great aunt got killed in a ritual up here. You can, everybody can look it up. Hardin County, what year was it? It would have been 09. Has to be around then, yeah. Look up the last name. My last name's England. You guys can look it up at home. Uh, they just found her tongue in her finger. Uh, yeah. What? And then the guy burnt down the house after the ritual. It's it, you 100% look it up. There's a newspaper. But all this stuff, it's just so weird. Did I forget anything? I always kind of forget something. No, I think... Oh, you- I did forget something. So we got out of that house, uh, you know, later that year, just due to my mom getting very sick. You know, we were done. We couldn't do it all. We'd all were having paranormal encounters. It just... So the guys that bought the house uh, were not very nice people. And my mom is going through chemo. Uh, she's got this nasty radioactive conjunctivitis. She can't even hardly open her eyes. And this guy would call her, call her, call her constantly saying, whoever the F you have in this house, get them out because they're destroying this house. Every time we leave, they're destroying this house. And mom just, nobody I know is in that house. Finally, he's on the phone. And he's got the person. He can hear you on the phone. You could hear it. This person running around upstairs. This person just going nuts upstairs. He's like, I got your MF her up there right now. Tell me they're yours. I'm going up there and shooting them. She's like, nobody I know is in that house with you. He's like, all right. He goes up. Nobody's up there. Nothing. Mm. And then he hung up and they sold the house like months later. Uh, so whatever it was, never we never got rid of it. It just got taken down a notch for us at least i fully believe yeah. we never got all this the what i think are anchors out of that house uh but that is the story of the evilest house in hardin county that's still standing it's Man. had since then we moved out of it in 14 my senior year and i think it's been owned by at least eight people dang it's like there's well, a reason or something <laughs> yeah yeah, oh my gosh, man. So that's why I don't like the paranormal, or like the demonic side of the paranormal. Because it's, yep. and then, so we came here. This is my grandparents' house. My We moved here. Then I bought this house, so I own this house now. Uh, my grandma went to Israel, and she got prayer sigils, and she's got, and they're on every window and door. Uh, but to, like you were saying earlier, I know that was a long story. I'm sorry, I'm bad. No, no, I, I, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> But like I was, uh, like you were saying earlier, now that we go to these events and stuff like that, we pray over everything we buy because you never know what somebody's going to attach to something. Yeah. Uh, and we always pray for our stuff. And if we ever go to a haunted event or a location, I mean, we're which is very rare because it's hard to get me there. That's true. Uh, we always say you're not welcome. You're not welcome to attach to us. You're not welcome to come with us. You're you know you got to stay here. Yeah. Yeah. Where were we at? 
uh, Moonville. Yeah, and oh, I yeah. look like a crazy person in the parking lot, literally talking. It's it's a haunted place here in Ohio, and I'm like literally talking. There's like ten people in the parking lot. I'm like, nothing. You're not allowed to come with us. You got to stay here. You're not allowed to attach to anything we have. And there's these hikers. The thing is a hike trail. And there's a horse trail right there. So there's people that don't know that this is a really haunted location that watch this big haired crazy man talk to the air <laughs> with his hands. But yeah, that's my that's my shadow person story. If you're like me and you like to go camping, hiking, hunting, um, just be prepared in general, then uh, I recommend you check out Squatch Survival Gear. Their packs are 100% made in America. Each component on the packs are American-made. It's a veteran-owned company out of Texas. Um, It's my buddy Chris. He started this out of personal experience. Um, in his military service, he, he fashioned these packs, you know, off of packs that he used that he had to modify to make them something that, uh, it's more, more convenient, easier to carry less of a load on your body and the, let the pack do the work. They're amazing. I own two. I have the, uh, the rock ape and the mothman pack. I love them. They're the best bags I've ever had in my life. These bags are bomb-proof. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Plus, they're comfortable. When I have them on, I can carry around. I can hike with 25, 30 pounds, and it, it doesn't strain my body. The pack does the work. Um, you have to see them for yourself. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com to check them out. If you decide to, to purchase one of these bags, use my promo code. It's 23BUMP this year. Okay? It's 23-B-U-M-P. Use that promo code and it'll save you 15% site-wide. These, these are packs of all sizes. You know, if you want something, you know, small everyday carry or if you want some kind of a uh, go bag, like a, I'm not coming home bag, he's got them. Check them out. SquatchSurvivalGear.com, promo code 23BUMP. I, still currently in my house, we see, we'll see shadows and figures and uh, things the size of a cat. Sometimes things that are seven foot tall. Uh, it's just we've we've dealt with a lot. Um, when we first moved in here, this house was built in the seventies. It's, it's a huge house, like four bedrooms. Um, got a good deal on it. <laughs> but, <laughs> But it, it didn't really have a history or anything. You know, it was just a, a big home. And that's what we needed. But when we moved in, we had some some weird noises up in the attic. You know, it sounded like two people in a wrestling match, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I'd get the short straw and I got to go up and check. And nothing's out of place. You know, all the decorations, you know, that you have put up for Christmas and Halloween, they're all still in there and not a thing out of place. So we, we never understood that stuff. But... I blamed for the longest time. I blamed the, my, my own show for things happening mm-hmm. mm. um, because my my daughter swore that she saw what looked like a, a, the bottom half of a figure my size walk through the living room over to where I take my shoes off in one particular spot. You know, she said it looked just like like me, but just you know from the waist down walking. Um, she says kind of a bluish color 
uh, is about the same week that my wife saw me walk from the living room downstairs. It's like a trail, like a tri-level split home. It's it's real funky, man. <laughs> but there's four or five steps that go from my living room down into my office. And my wife watched me do that. And then a couple minutes later, I get up from the living room to go down there and she thought, you know, she had already seen that happen. You know, like she was, something was in here that looked a lot like me. And that was very freaky for us. I bet. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that was kind of weird. I never saw that, but they both did. And, uh, when my wife had COVID, that was the first time I think I did a, a cleansing on the house. Um, we were we were quarantining apart from each other. I know I said I said the c word. That's uh, okay. I, I hope I don't get us canceled or anything. But <laughs> she was she was on one end of the house. I was on the other. I was again in my office, um, sleeping in a hammock stand that I had I had put up and stuff in there, so I could be comfortable and separate. Because I was scared to death when COVID first happened. You know, I, I thought that you know I was going to lose her and all that stuff. I was far off. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, we. I was down there sleeping and I was woke up by my cabinet door slamming in my kitchen mm. about three o'clock in the morning. So, you know, you go up in there and you look and of course nothing's out of place. Nothing's going to slam in front of you. Um, but I had a whole lot of this kind of stuff happening that I always blamed on the show because I wasn't praying before we do episodes. And if it was, you, you know how it is, man. The scary stuff is what people want to hear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. And I, for a short period of time, I was wanting that. I was wanting that. I wanted something that could top something else. You mm-hmm. know, the, those kind of scary events. And I, I blamed what was going on around me to that. Little did I know um, and I'm starting to talk about it a little bit on my show now, but, um, I didn't know at the time that my daughter, while she was living here was dabbling in things, I guess you could say. Oh gosh. Yeah, man. She was upstairs trying to summon Lilith. What? Um, yeah, she, by the, by the time she moved out about two months ago, but before she moved out, she was entertaining the thought of actually trying to be into Satanism, like actively like when she moved out and I, this, this office, well, this, this new studio, I call it is her old bedroom. You know, when she, she got cleared out, I started setting stuff up in here. Um, cause it's more private, but yeah, I had to go through it. I was like anointing the windows with oil, you know, yeah, doing prayers uh, pulling out Psalm 91, you know, I, I have cleansed this house as, as good as I can. But I I found stuff, man. I, I found curses written under furniture. I found things written in Russian that I had to pull out with Google and, you know, translate. But the whole time that, you know, my wife and I and my nephew who lives with us, you know, we're getting closer to God. You know, we're going to church and we're, we're working on our prayer life and I'm devoting everything I have to the Lord my daughter who I thought was just resistant to church. I Mm -hmm. didn't want to push it too hard, you know, her own walk or whatever was on the opposite end of the spectrum and inviting this stuff into my house. Uh, 
So, yeah, talking about how kids play with Ouija boards. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's that's a little bit above. Dude, kids are doing so much worse than what we realize. Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's because of this, I, I blame a lot on social media, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just the access. Yeah. And in my opinion, children are such an easy gateway because they're naive and they're vulnerable and they're pretty much defenseless, mm-hmm. you know, to these, to these, these sneak attacks from the adversary. And that's, it, it, there should be like a cautionary tale to all parents. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Get on your kid's social media, monitor what they do, be a tiger mom or whatever they want to call it. Yeah. Uh, but pay attention to what your kid's doing, man, because it, you never know what's going on. I mean, the the blatant Satanism out there right yeah. now, they're not even hiding it. Like, like right. I mean, what was the halftime show had all kinds of, yeah, you know. Symbolism and, yeah. And then all this, it's just horrid. And then people get mad if you talk about the Bible, and then literally there's a guy, you know, humping another guy wearing Satan horns. Right, yeah. Well, they, may, I think they're making it that way, you know. That's, it's on purpose. I, I know. Yeah, but it's just, the world... Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a cautionary tale. You know, I don't have a kid yet. We're due in June. Oh wow! But Congratulations. if thank you, if I came upstairs and I found, how, <laughs> I'm pretty chill. <laughs> yeah. I work with kids a lot. I'm pretty chill. But if I came upstairs and I flipped over a chair and there was a Russian Satanistic curse written on it, yeah, what would happen? Oh, I don't know. The house would be you on would fire e- instantly. Yeah, you'd explode. I'd yeah. pick everybody outside. Um. I gotta restart the house. Yeah, you would you make them all watch. hard reset. Right? Hard reset. Yeah. Burn it down. You know the easiest way to get rid of everything is to get rid of everything. Right, and you give them a lesson while it's burning down. Yeah. See, you know this is why. Yeah. This is what happens. All your stuff was in there. Yeah. No, that's horrid. I mean, literally. Yeah, yeah. Just inviting all that stuff in. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't. Man. You probably handled it better than I would. No, like I said, she moved out. Uh. Um, I think you probably still handled yeah. it better than I would. <laughs> that that even moving out was her choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, the but, jig was uh, up. Yeah, the, the the jig was up. That was exactly it. And I told her, you know, you're busted. Yeah. You know, this this stuff has to stop. This, this can't go on. And you know, she made her choice, and she's got to live her her That's, journey. And yeah, I just uh, I pray for her every day that God put somebody in her path and mm-hmm. open her eyes. I'm a firm believer that. With I I don't know maybe I'm not the best with it but you can't you know you can't force anybody into any religion you just got to be there and this is my opinion you just got to be there if you guys like if any like our friends and stuff whatever want to talk about Christianity I'm there but I'm not ever looking down at somebody not going to church nothing like that but that's a little extra you know <laughs> inside your own home that's the big deal I don't care what anybody does you know in, in your their, life but when you're inside my home. house yeah. Writing satanic signals on my stuff. It's a little different. Yeah. A line has been crossed. A little bit. Oh, yeah. And speaking of the sigils, man, uh, I found something. I actually, (laughs) two days ago, I I set it on fire in my front yard. But I I found this old journal in this room, you know, in, in her stack of books. And there was nothing written in the journal. Okay, except for on the very first page when you open it up, like on the back cover, there was an eye. 
and all kinds of funky symbols strategically placed around this eye. And I had remembered seeing this when we had, were first in here cleaning our room, you know, but I, I threw all the books over there in one spot. And, um, my wife and I, we got, and I know it sounds weird and I'm not trying to associate everything, but we got this really weird headache when we were in here the first time trying to clean. And then we found the curses and then we got everything cleared and then the way and all that stuff. But the other day I'm, I'm going through these books and I find this and there's a strange eye with these symbols. I took a picture, but I deleted it from my phone because I didn't want any part of it anymore. A hundred percent would have done that. Um, but right off the bat, I, I got a pain in my eye behind my right eye. I did not connect the two at all. Shut it, toss it down, went through the rest of the books. I'm, I'm just flipping through to see if there's any kind of notes or anything that I might need to keep or, you know, hold on for her one day or whatever. Don't find anything else. But two more times in the next hour or so, I'll open that journal up. I don't know if it was just, you know, a glutton for punishment or what, but I, Every time I opened that up, it was immediate, a sharp pain behind my right eye. And the third time it happened, I figured it out. You know, like this is some kind of whatever magic and it's working. Like this is legit. So it went outside and got burned in the front yard. Yeah. Yeah. I would have burned down the whole house just so you know. I would, I, yeah, I probably <laughs> never been back in the house. Uh, but now I, it, that stuff naturally with how they design it has what i these fa- there's these safe fails these guard dogs i 100 percent this this uh occult not all the occult because the occult just means hidden knowledge mm-hmm. but right. that specific side of it they hide these traps in their own purpose uh, there's mouse traps everywhere uh because of that you know just because if you're gonna if you're gonna get my stuff you're gonna be punished right yeah that kind of deal it's funny you say that. that's how that's what the curses were about. Yeah, if, you if know, you're going to touch this, X Y Z will happen. And mm-hmm. you know, it, I mean, it's it's, it's yeah. in, or I'm well, I'm not lost for I'm forgetting my word, but it's tied into that. It's that kind of stuff, and I'm not here to tell anybody what they should and shouldn't do. But that's in your house, mm, yeah. right? That's where the yeah, that's where the difference is. Yeah. Yeah, I welcome anybody on my show that wants to come on. All walks of life, all faiths. But I'll tell you, if you curse somebody, you're a pretty lousy person. A hundred percent. I mean, we have friends of the show and stuff like that that are definitely not in the same faith realm we are, and that's perfectly right. fine. And, yeah. But yeah, I don't think anyone would curse us. I would hope not. <laughs> uh, maybe yeah, Nick and Jake. Yeah, yeah, they would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that, that's why I set up a P.O. box for my show. Like... If people wanted to send stuff or whatever. I'm like, yeah, it's great. But, you know, one, no cursed objects. And two, it's going to go to the P.O. box and not my house. That way, if it's we if gotta it's get no a PO good, box. it won't make yeah, it I know. I know we do bad. Will you go get that tomorrow? Yeah, I get it set up. Will you? I can. Go get it set up it's tomorrow. Worth it, man. I'm making Jay do his <laughs> stuff. Because uh, we have, well, the one got my address without me knowing it. And that was interesting. Ralph. Oh, well. Yelling at you. Good thing he's a good guy. Oh, Ralph's a great friend of the show. One of our early, early ones. Mm-hmm. But sent us a whole bunch of baked goods. Oh, yeah. And, like I just come home and there's this big box on my front door. That I have no idea what's in it. Full of cookies. Yeah, it's got a big Bigfoot on the front of it. And I'm like... So we get like merch and stuff from uh, like shows, conferences and stuff. They'll send us merch to give out and stuff like that for promotion. 
So I'm just thinking it's something like that. I'm like, oh, nobody told me they were sending me stuff. Yeah. It's like, nope, from your listener, you know. So there you go, Ralph. There's your shout out for the week. Cornbread and cookies. Corn. It was so good. I probably... I. We, I probably about died on those cookies because <laughs> I was like choking them down. But uh, do you have any paranormal stories more you want to share or do you want to move into theories and stuff? Um, I mean, uh, shoot. I don't, like I said, I haven't had too many paranormal experiences in my life. so I don't know. We find more and more the more we do this show. I guess so. They, they need to be triggered. Mm-hmm. It, Jay was probably abducted by aliens. Yeah, that's what that's what he thinks. We did this show a long time ago. It's a lot of our listeners' favorite episode because of this. Uh, it's, I think it even made it into our intro and stuff like that. Where we're doing the Williard, Ohio abduction story, which is a little an unknown story, but it's really weird. It destroyed a family. It's like modern. It was only like in the early two thousands. It was not. Like, it wasn't that long ago, and. It is. I feel bad. You know, we took all the names out of the story and stuff like that because it's just these are real people that are still around. You know, it's destroyed them. But as we go through these abductions of these little kids, uh, Jay's like, "Well, that happened to me. <laughs> uh huh. That happened to me. Uh huh. That happened to me." And I'm sitting here getting all big eyed. He don't really. Like, Jay, were you abducted? No, I just. Would wake up naked in the bed with all the clothes over there tucked in where I couldn't move. Yeah, that was one. It was one weird time. So, but I never really thought about it much. He woke up. Yeah, that's a weird job. Yeah. He woke up naked with his clothes yeah. in the corner, tucked into the bed so tight he couldn't move. But I'm literally reading this off from the story script, and he's like, "Oh, that happened to me. I was at my grandparents' house, mm-hmm. just all happy and chipper." I'm like, "Yeah." anything hurt on you after no (laughs) nothing did it wasn't anything weird at the time because i used to sleepwalk a a lot quote unquote sleepwalk yeah i used to like there was everyone tell me i'm sleepwalking walking around i'd go outside and walk down the road i would just i slept walking in a movie theater once but so when i woke up i mean that particular time I, i just thought i was sleepwalking again someone tucked me into bed so i wouldn't move and or get up and leave again and, and this, uh, never thought about it. Wouldn't have thought in my head at all after that. Just chalked it up mm. to that. He so, was abducted. So it wasn't weird to me. <laughs> yeah, that's what he keeps saying. I want to show him a baby owl and just see if it like starts screaming or something. Yeah, it starts triggering something <laughs> inside. No, it's it's weird. And then he's seen the white thing. Actually, here's a weird one real quick before we move on. Jay, my brother, my dad, and our friend had all seen the the white thing. Which anybody that don't know, really? yeah, in the same spot, years apart, and we never knew it. And I didn't. I didn't know my dad seen it. They, I'm I'm a paranormal guy. I talk about this stuff constantly. Mm-hmm. Dad right. never told me, and they're out. You went out to, I went oh, out see to William, there. my yeah. nephew. Yeah, to drop off. Uh, he yeah, so he had a present for my will over my nephew's birthday. So he went out to their house to drop it off, and they start talking about seeing the white thing. Yeah, it was weird. It's like, Liter- oh. But I literally had this it, on the script or on the schedule to do the white thing. Yeah, at that point. Weird. Well, was it in Ohio? Was it or was it in West Virginia? Ohio, right down the road. Yeah, right down the road from our house. You guys have a white thing too. So we we in that episode we covered that there's several white things. You know that kind of gets that's a yeah, a lump term. But right. this is the one that is seen that people have trouble describing. That's kind of polar bearish. 
but they can't see legs or head or anything like that. They just see the blur of white fur go past. Yeah. So Jay had encountered that real quick. Yeah. Uh, my dad and my brother had encountered it, and our friend had encountered it. Uh, All over, separate times. Over probably seven or eight years. But the thing right. is, my parents actually own the property it was on now, and it was literally across their property, this little bridge spot. There's a little old cemetery back there. Uh, you can't even read the headstones anymore. They take care of it. Like yeah, all in the same like quarter mile stretch. This one spot. It's weird, and nobody ever Are told you... me. None of these people ever told me. <laughs> Are you going to do an investigation? No. Are you going to go out there on your parents' property and camp out? And... No, there's a ghost out there. We leave that be. <laughs> Not so. It's I, weird. Yeah, I've that, heard weird stuff back that there. That cemetery's weird. Is it? Yeah, it's weird. Uh, it's like an old. Uh, it's not like a Civil War cemetery. No, it's lead. It's like the old family lead here, or something. It's it's a family cemetery. Yeah, it's, I know what it's called. I I drive past it every other day, and I can't yeah. remember the name of it. Oh, do you want to say it or no? Because I can know say it. It's called Kindle Cemetery. Kindle, thank you. Yeah, logo. It just it's it's just weird. Yeah, it's weird because it's in such a random, weird, strange spot too. And yeah. It's so weird. The people that also live on the other side of it, I've heard stories. They told me they'd hear stuff back there. Oh yeah. All the time. They all I don't I don't mess with that stuff. It's it's fine. It can just stay out there. There you go. Let the weird stay weird. Yeah, it is. It's very strange. It's just there. It's weird. So well, let me yes, let me sir. ask you real quick. Did you say Williard, Ohio or Hilliard, Ohio? Williard. Not Hilliard. If you look up a Hilliard, Ohio UFO, I don't know what the heck you're going to find. I worked at a Hilliard for a long time. So Hilliard is where my, the... My sister, my sister lived in Hilliard for a long time, and then she moved to, uh, I'll, I'll say it, a place called Mechanicsburg. Yep. Yeah. We know where Mechanicsburg is. Yep. Do you? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Hilliard's where the nice or the expensive drug dealers live. <laughs> Hilliard is uh, where the high-end crime is. Yeah. You don't hear the shootings or nothing like that there because it's just where the higher end guys live. Hmm. I worked in Hilliard for a long time, so it's just like I never felt scared to be in Hilliard, but I definitely knew who lived there. Yeah. Is that saying something <laughs> about your sister? Huh? Was your sister a high end drug dealer? Just blink. Nobody'll know. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's doing this show, we've uncovered weird stuff locally. Where Yeah, that's the cool part. So um, we won't get into it tonight because it's just too long. But I had a, a long-term Sasquatch encounter. And through this show, uh, we found a guy that's seen the same Sasquatch the same time. Literally, he lives three houses that way. And really? a trusted family friend. Known him all my life. Jay's known him all his life. Never once told anybody this. Yeah. He's seen us start doing this show. And he heard my encounter. And he's like, well, what year was that? And what road was that on? And he'd seen the same individual Sasquatch. It's crazy. But uh, that was the the Greg interview. We yeah we put mm. his first name out there. Yep. And he's a Sasquatch himself. He's like what six six, <laughs> maybe close to yeah. He's big, big guy. Yeah. Uh, it was funny him sitting in this studio in these little chairs. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> but I know you wanted to talk about some theories, and we don't, you know, you don't get an opportunity very often to sit with podcasters and other people that do this stuff. And hash out these these theories and stuff. I know you got a couple, and I know I got one or two I want to go over with you. So, did you, okay. do you want to start that? Uh, sure. Uh, when I started this show uh, about aliens, I'll, I'll go with that. When I started the show, I thought I had it figured out. Um, 
I thought that, much like the movie Interstellar, which my theory came years before Interstellar, but I was of the mindset that aliens were possibly our descendants, that at some point they discovered how to bend time space and they were coming back to warn us about something. You know, uh, I was trying to explain why there would be so many UFO sightings over nuclear bases and nuke silos. Um, maybe they were trying to warn us about how, how we don't need to end the world that way. Um, you know, and I was, I was set on that. You know, that was, that was my idea. But then I do this show. And my ideas changed. My ideas have changed about a lot of things from, you know, talking to eyewitnesses and stuff. But I had a, uh, a lady, Melanie Kirchdorfer was her name. <laughs> if you watched Unsolved Mysteries, the reboot, mm -hmm. uh, season one, it was the Berkshire UFO incident. Yes. She was the abductee. Mm. It was her and like one other guy. Well, they, they came on my show to talk about it. And totally awesome interview. You know, if you're into that kind of stuff, um, it was, I think it was honestly kind of traumatic for her to retalk, you know, to talk about sure. it over again. She, she had never discussed it until she was on Unsolved Mysteries. And then she didn't discuss it until I asked her to come on the show. And mm. actually a guy named, uh, one of the other guys on the show had to get her and convince her to do it. And then she would come on. But she's talking to me about how, you know, she feels herself being lifted off the bed and floated through a window and she's going across this creek and, and she has all these memories of this stuff. And I was thinking, you know, why would they target a child if it was us from the future and they're doing this big, wonderful thing, you know? So it, it got me thinking, you know, my theory, of course, is fluid, but it was, it was wrong. You know, it couldn't have been right. So I talked to more people and I listened to other other podcasts at the time, you know, and I, I kept hearing a familiar theme um, where these aliens would surround the bed and people would also see shadow figures surrounding the bed. Mm -hmm. um, people having a sleep paralysis episode would see this light in their eyes or whatever. Abductees were seeing these lights in their eyes. Um, people having these, you know, these night terrors, the sleep paralysis episodes, if they couldn't break free, they would call on the name of Jesus and it would stop. Well, guess what was happening with alien abductions too? They would get scared. And those that were Christian or even atheists, I heard a couple of accounts of atheists out of desperation and fear called on the name of Jesus and they would wake back up in their bedroom gone you know the the abduction would be over so i started thinking that maybe these things aren't quite as uh you know friendly as even mm -hmm. an extraterrestrial from another planet run, running down here to do some some experiments you know uh, maybe there's something more spiritual to it and that that's kind of where i'm at now with with aliens that it's not necessarily I guess, quote unquote, demons, but it's, I'm kind of thinking that aliens are more of the, the, 
angelic order or the heavenly host, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we're seeing these these fights of good and evil in the skies. I think that these, and I'm probably sound crazy to a lot, a lot of people probably just turn this off, but I, I think that a lot of these things that are happening are of a demonic nature. I, I think that these aliens, these, uh, what the grays or these insectiloid looking things or whatever could be some kind of minion, some kind of lower level demon. These tall whites, you know, the Nordics or whatever. They sound a lot like uh, descriptions of what an actual angel is. Not, I'm not talking about cherubim or seraphim or anything, you know, the wheels within wheels. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the actual angel, which is just a messenger. They look a lot like a person. Um, if When you read accounts of them in the Bible, angels were pretty much indistinguishable from men. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have big wings and stuff like that. Um, they even tell you to be, you know, they better be nice here. You might be entertaining angels unaware. Yep. You know what I mean? And so I think some of these, these Nordic figures or whatever, they could be maybe of that, that order, but I think it's more of a spiritual battle. Um, kind of like, uh, how it says the Nephilim were on the earth in the days of Noah and they're going to come back. Um, that gets me into a lot of conspiracy, you know, conspiratorial things about how bloodlines are involved. Um, how there's genetic modifications being done. Mm-hmm. Um, how the original goal of Satan was to stop the Messianic bloodline, you know, to stop the woman from having the child that's going to crush the head of the snake, right? Yeah. Um, the, the whole goal was to stop that from happening or to, or to prevent it as long as possible. Well, these things going on here, they're, they're also doing these genetic, these genetic yeah. testings, you know, and, and, and there's just so many parallels. If I sit here and actually wrote it all down, it would be more coherent, but that's, that's what I'm, I'm throwing around with in my mind right now. That's my theory on, on aliens. I think when, uh, you get people like Dr. Stephen Greer, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, we talk about Greer a lot. Yeah, and Demi Lovato or whatever yeah. these celebrities are, they go out in the field and they literally summon <laughs> these things to come to them, you know? And you start seeing these lights come on. I don't think these are, what would a UFO need a light for? Yeah. Right. You know, if they can travel, supposedly, from one galaxy to the next, do they need a headlight? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> these are some kind of <laughs> celestial slightly higher than human entity mm-hmm. um, either good or bad but I don't think there's very many good ones going to come down here and try to abduct you uh, so we don't think you're crazy first off yeah because okay. uh, we've talked about that similar similar things uh, okay. do you listen to kill the mockingbirds I haven't I, they were on Oh, they They're do somebody. I think American Tony. Appalachian Intelligence. Yeah, the Appalachian Intelligence. Tony. They do stuff with Tony constantly. Uh, yeah. I that listen forever. Joel is the one you need to talk to about that stuff specifically because that's 
He's got that all worked out with the bloodlines and stuff like that. He's great. Uh, we do a show with Joel and Sean from Kill the Mockingbirds called uh, the Floating Mushroom Show. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's like, uh, anyways, you want to rebuttal first or not rebuttal? Add. Well, I I think like you touched on it. All this stuff when it comes to just paranormal, um, cryptid, you know, the unexplained things like that. Um, it seems like the more you dig into it, the more you kind of come around to the realization that all of it does like intertwine together and then it does come back to come like places spirituality you know we'll call it it all just kind of falls back into that at least from my own experience as well and you see how much things overlap and then you start putting pieces together and then you see how much of it like none of it were taught it's just things you have to go out on your own and discover for yourself and that's kind of where the fun has been in it for me as well. But yeah, once you once you start talking about this stuff, it's hard to you do kind of feel a little crazy, you know, like trying to put you know just even speak about it or put the pieces together in a coherent way to where it actually makes sense, you know, to to somebody else. And you kind of hope that the person already has uh, an idea of that helps. Th- yeah, this field or yeah, it helps. Right. It makes them at least know that they're understanding what you're talking about because i've talked to people about this stuff that you know doesn't even have a foot in the door and they just have no idea i mean i've literally looked at you scream they screaming they were all mushrooms right and i kind of understood yeah <laughs> for me uh were you done i'm sorry Jerry. Yeah, for, yeah. i cut you off all the time no that's nobody fine. knows at home uh cut that stuff out <laughs> but um no i'm with you but i don't think there's any angels in it i think it's all demonic uh, I've been a yeah. I've been a firm believer in that for a long time. That first off, I was a I was a biologist. I did surveys. I literally abducted animals, put chips in them, and released them back. But there was no malice. There was no you know, we treated the animals with care because you know, this is when they do these kind of things. Because I 100 percent believe mo- like if you tell me you were abducted by aliens, I believe you. But I don't think they were aliens. I do believe in your right. experience, mm-hmm. uh, and I want to make that distinction. I, I believe the aliens may be off in space some more way. I don't think anything... and no, There's no aliens visiting here, in my opinion. I think it's all demonic, because it seems to be torturous. It seems to be horrid. It seems to be real or ritualistic, where yes. it's... I've been... I 100% agree with you on that angle. I think... And why... So, here's the question, and we've kind of talked about this on our show before, that if they are, are... So, why would demons in modern society need to wear the mask of aliens? in my personal opinion, is because the same reason we don't see grandiose miracles anymore. And it's because it gets rid of faith, whether one side or the other. If you catch a demon or you can see a demon, that means the other side is real. Same with uh, seeing a grandiose miracle. And miracles happen every day. I'm not saying they don't. I'm talking about biblical, you know, pillars of salt, you know, that kind of stuff where these these giant grandiose things that happen. Because everybody has a camera. Everybody has a, you know... That gets rid of faith, and then it's just fact. And you know, I'm comfortable in my faith, but that's why these demons have to wear. They still have to do this evil. They still have to do these rituals. They still have to torture people, but they can't go out with horns and red skin and all. You know, they have to put on these faces of these tight skin, big olive eyes, and these tall white creatures because it's still it's still horrifying and it's torturous and it's scarring. But now you just think it's somebody from another planet. So I 100% agree with you that I just don't think there's angels involved in that side of it. Right. Right. I I get that. 
Um, but just an opinion. That, oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole angel side, you know, good versus evil side. I guess that would, for me, I'm so entertaining that it, for mostly for the lights. You know, the, the lights in the sky, the things that aren't coming down here and zapping me and beaming me up kind of thing. Um, and I don't know... I don't know what the role is because when people talk about seeing tall whites, I haven't heard them being described in a setting that was something malicious, you know, mm-hmm. um, they might be getting information or whatever, or some kind of warning, but angelic messengers, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking I'm that not, idea around. I'm not questioning you. I'm just saying my thoughts. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I, I'm just spitballing. Yeah. You're Cause good. it's right. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's all part of the same game. That where yeah, they have to, is. and then we well we talked about it on the next episode of Floating Mushroom Show. We did reptilians, but we talk about that they change over time. These appearances of these aliens, these extraterrestrials, change over time with public perception of them, yeah. and that would be in my head like you're saying it's more of these fluidic beings, yeah. where they're putting on the face you want them to have, like uh, it's all about deception. Yeah, it's, it's deception yep. and fear. If it keeps you afraid. You know, it keeps you confused. Yeah, because literally, uh, Travis Walton, we just did his story on Patreon. When he seen the reptilians, they were literally standing Komodo dragons. They did not look like modern reptilians. They were not humanoid. They literally looked like three Komodo dragons that were standing up, walking at them. Wow. And now, people don't see that anymore. That was in the 40s, 50s, people were seeing... Sorry, people were seeing these more actual big reptiles standing up and coming at them when they were seeing reptilians. And then in the 70s and 80s, it changed to more humanoid. And now it's full-on draconians and yeah. all this stuff. And it's uh, that's why, I, you know, that theory is right in my mind because it's an, it's an entity that's not tied to that form. It's just putting on the makeup of whatever you want it to be. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't think you're crazy. Yeah. A lot of our listeners don't Good. think you're crazy either because we've literally <laughs> talked, we've sat and talked to them about that. Oh, for sure. And then for your other lights, so this may be more of one of our big theories, is we kind of got famous for the organic UFO side of it. Uh, I think a lot of these, and I think, so we do a whole big, anybody's interested in that, we've got like five episodes on it or something, oh, something pops crazy. Up, it pops up a lot. Uh, and we did a whole biological breakdown of the upper atmosphere. We did NASA studies for, there's actually, there's over 4,000 documented species in above in the in the stratosphere uh so there's all kinds of life up there just missing in the name of the, one of the episodes is just missing the whales and the sharks yeah but it's an ocean uh so maybe we're actually seeing the whales and the sharks these big bioluminescence that's why these things have lights is they're using them for communication or mating displays and stuff like that I but love it. yeah oh yeah it's, it's it's fun like what kind of rabbit holes you kind of get yourself into mm-hmm. doing you know covering this you know paranormal st- encrypted stuff it's it's funny where it takes you because i I never thought a year ago we'd be talking about atmospheric creatures and biology speculative biology of the things above us and it it makes sense that's the crazy part oh yeah so i think oh sorry oh i I didn't mean to interrupt but i was was gonna say bringing it again back to the bible you know they it says in the beginning of genesis you know he separates the waters from the waters yeah Mm -hmm. you know that's always kind of been odd to me but and then it says, makes sense. Joel talks about it when we do this stuff with him, 
that uh, then bird like I can't I never remember the line, but but birds flew away before in the Bible it talks about him making animals. So what if it was just talking about creatures? These ancient creatures were flo- you know because flo- he split the sea and the you know the land and the sea, or the yeah. not the land and the sea. You know what I mean. I'm bad. Right. It's it's only eleven thirty at night. <laughs> but uh, and maybe so. I believe a lot of these are uh, in the jellyfish family because jellyfish have been found in the upper atmosphere. Believe it or not, everybody listed on the bump jellyfish have been jellyfish cousins have been found in the upper atmosphere. And I think a lot of them are actually giant fungus, flying fungus. And that may sound crazy, yeah. but we've done hours and hours on yeah. how actual complex and intelligent surface fungus are. Uh, one of our big ones. What do you think? So here, I'll, maybe I'll surprise you. Maybe I won't. What do you think the biggest individual fungus on Earth is that we know about? How wide would you guess? Because, you know, they're underground mostly. The mushrooms are the fruiting bodies. So right. the, the fungus lives underground. If you had to give me a number, how how big do you think one would be? Or max? Like size-wise? Yeah. Like- like feet, sure. Uh, I don't know. I know a, I know a puffball mushroom gets. So that's get like the, that's the fruit. So the, how big do you think the fruit. guy underground is? I would say maybe maybe two foot wide. Okay, so there's one fungus. Uh, he's the, he's called the humongous fungus. His name's Bob. We talk about him all the time on the show. He has two thousand two hundred square acres. He is actually what? an entire national park. Uh, Washington? Uh, Oregon? Oregon, I think Oregon. Oregon, yeah. He's got two sisters that are slightly smaller than him. We think he's around 45,000 years old. Uh, they found him because they accidentally cut into him, and 100 acres of forest died the next day. So Bob is no so... He, mushrooms, and people don't realize this, the, the hyphae, their mycelial networks, actually integrate into insects and plants. 95% of plants on Earth could not survive without fungus at one point in their life stage or another. Uh, but so we used to think it was more of a mutual relationship, but we just, we're now understanding it's not, it's a controlling relationship. The fungus are actually programming the trees. So Bob has this giant state park or national park on his back. And we have evidence. He's been killing sections off every couple thousand years to let them die and turn back into grasslands to re-nutrify the soil on his back. So he's got this perfect harmonious ecosystem he's managing because it's feeding him. So it is symbiotic in that nature. But he, we used to think the trees and him were communicating, but they weren't. He's controlling the trees. And he'll actually, like if trees are sick, he'll actually take nutrients from good trees and put them over there. Uh, when trees uh, get a disease, he will figure out how to cure the disease and he'll spread that knowledge to all the trees on his back. They're gigantic. So... And they're hyperintelligence. We just did an episode recently about fungal intelligence. They're actually doing studies. We now know that they uh, fungus can learn. Fungus have memory and communication. They actually can receive radio waves from us. Uh, yeah, there was a documentary, right? Yeah, there's been se- yeah. There's like some kind of like big documentary. About yes, mycelium or my fungus among yep. us. Or yep, whatever. the fungus among my, us. My daughter fell in love with that. She uh, she spent hours talking about you know all the different types and you know she she probably knows about bob but I oh yeah i didn't listen, <laughs> I didn't listen. <laughs> you know that's a that's phenomenal so we can we connect these things to the paranormal 
So now that they're intelligence, uh, I fully believe they're sentient. So there's a difference between everybody at home. There's a difference between intelligence and sentientship. Intelligence, you know, a chicken's intelligent. Right. Are they sentient is the question. And, you know, that's another thing. I fully believe mushrooms are sentient. And I think that some of these paranormal orbs and stuff we're seeing are them manifesting energy to explore the environment. And, like, fairy rings and stuff like that have always been heavily associated on... What will we talk about? Just let's let five of the seven continents, fairy rings, which are made by mushrooms, by underground right. fungus, are associated with the paranormal. And I almost, we kind of talked about it being a small hydrant collider where they're focusing energy and actually manifesting what we think, what we see as orbs and maybe even the weird cryptids and stuff we see. They're exploring their environment. So fungus live a long time, they actually move through the soil. Fungus aren't stationary. They're actually like, imagine it have millions of electrical cables pulling their self through the soil. And the mushroom you see is just when they want to breed. That's literally like an apple on a tree. You know, it's, wow. it's a very small part of their body. Uh, and there's all, they're actually using mushroom or fungus in computer chips because they're better at transporting data than electronics. What? Yeah, they're crazy. So there's, we tie it into the paranormal. I really think that a lot of this really weird stuff is them trying to explore our part of the environment because they're alien to us. They're very alien to us, and we're very alien to them, as in the fact of being very different. Uh, so communication can be very difficult, and recognition can be very difficult of intelligence. But yeah, there's my soapbox that I've been on for. Actually, a listener sent me a giant Amida mushroom hat that I'm going to wear at conferences. <laughs> so everybody at home, it's the big red and white mushrooms that you know you see all, all the yeah. time. But we were on Appalachian Intelligence, and a bunch of their listeners started sending memes, don't let God. Yeah. Because we... we I, was I drinking at that one? I think we both were. Yeah. So I kind of had this role... that The whole planet is interconnected now. with the, They call it the wood wide web with these fungus. Uh, and now we're finding out that different species of fungus are actually integrating into each other. So now it's more like a coral reef instead of one a bunch of individuals. And they're communicating with each other. So I kind of... We kind of talked about it. My kind of thought is it's God's gardener that they've survived every mass extinction. And I think a lot of Christians, in my opinion, it's just my opinion, uh, the big drawback is the timeline and people don't, you know, people get caught up on that. I think it's foolish to put human time on God's time. You know, yeah, blink, a, blink his eye could be millions or billions of years. We don't know, you know. So the oldest fossil, complex fossil we have is a mycelium network at 810 million years ago, and it was already complex like today's fungus. So they were just as complex then as they are now. So it, A lot of biologists kind of think they may be aliens, like actual aliens, because they're so foreign to our biological tree of life. that yeah. and They're so weird. I kind of put them as more of a, a supernatural angle, that they've, they've survived every mass extinction, a bunch of them will eat radio- radioactive materials and turn it back into uh, natural stuff. They don't care. Every mass extinction, they've rocked like it was nothing. So in my thought process, I kind of think that they're just God's gardeners. They're what's put here to make sure no matter what happens, it gets back on track. But that's that's my soapbox. There you go. Yeah, I like that. You know, I... I've never really entertained 
You know, I, I haven't, I haven't went down that rabbit hole. It's a bad <laughs> yeah, one. I mean. Don't do it. You'll be wearing a big mushroom hat in a month. <laughs> talking to him, I, I literally, my neighbors think I'm crazy because we, I mow around them in the yard. I don't mess with them. I talk to the yeah. ones. Uh, so th- we have evidence. We have scientific evidence that shows they can receive vocal and radio waves. Yeah, they, I've seen that. It's cra- they know that you're talking to them. They can pick up all the radio signals in the air. So, and I don't think they're, I don't think, you, I think you're fine eating mushrooms. You're okay. Because that's just. Come and get me for, for picking chantrail. I think and, you're fine because yeah. that's the fruiting body. That's a part that's supposed right. to be broken off. Uh, that's part of them supposed to be broken off to be for reproductive stuff. They're not attached to that per se. You know, so I don't think anybody's getting in trouble. Right. It's, they want you to. Yeah. It's like, you know, you could take the fruit off the apple tree without hurting the apple tree. It's supposed to come off. Right. Uh, so you're fine to eat mushrooms because a bunch of our. A couple of our listeners after this last episode came out were like, I think vegans are going to be in a lot of trouble because they can't eat anything. (laughs) Yeah, they're yeah they're screwed now. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. What do you think? What's your honest opinion? You can tell me I'm crazy. It's fine. No, not at all. No, I don't think you're crazy at all. Um, I think you've opened my mind up to a whole, a whole new thing to study. To be honest, Mm -hmm. I'm almost aggravated. (laughs) It sucks. I know. (laughs) No, I I love it, man. I love it. Uh, I've I've heard, and like I said, it's probably from my daughter that there's this huge network, you know, that goes underground that they communicate. She told me that they communicate with trees. Uh, that you know, there's that symbiotic relationship. I didn't know that it went acre thousands of acres, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's only if he's conventional. He may go a lot deeper. That's just surface acres. Uh, I can't remember. We, we his estimated weight was like five or six million pounds. Uh, so have they located like? Is it like a solid body, or is it just like the nerves? So imagine it like a, like the whole underground of the forest is a bunch of electrical cables running every which way. Yeah, that's okay. what Bob is. But if you add it up, oh, so a square inch of soil here in the U.S. has eight miles of mycelia network in it on average. Doesn't even make sense, does it? No. So they are everywhere. They are in, they are underbuilding. So cool thing about them is they are on all, on air, all seven continents. They're in the upper atmosphere. They're on the bottom of the ocean. There's actually a species of fungus that lives in the uh, the snow of Antarctica and eats just dust. You can't get so away like from them. Totally invisible, like mic- beyond microscopic. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. So it would if sometimes if you like pull up a rotten log and you see a bunch of white strings. That's yeah. mycelia. Uh, so they can be in really concentrated bundles where you can actually hold a big chunk of them, or they can right. be really thin like hair, and you won't see them. Uh, so wow. the individual strands are called hyphae, which are like our nerve endings. They're, they're invisible to the naked eye. But when they get bundled up, they're called mycelia. Uh, and they, they're they not a central nerve system. That's kind of a hard thing people under It's hard to describe to people. But they do pass electrical impulses along their body like a central nerve system, but they are a lot more efficient at it than uh, animals are. So they are a lot easier. To, they they can Bob can talk across himself so fast it's insane. Well, from one end to the other. Man. Yeah, but but you're not a mycologist. You're not. I'm not a mycologist. You're not allowed I, to talk about this stuff. No, I just make that <laughs> point because you know people will look at any little bit of something you tripped up on or whatever, a random number. 
Yeah. So I always like to give disclosures. I'm not a mycologist. Yeah. I was a fisheries biologist. Now <laughs> argue with me about fish. It's just funny how people will comment or make those mm-hmm. claims, like, just to try to shut you down. Like, you can't f- research your own, like, topic or learn things for yourselves. It's, I don't know. I think it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been fortunate not to get too many haters. I've had a handful of haters. I had a guy, like, third-party hate on me. <laughs> it's like... It wasn't even towards me. This guy heard me on Hollow Sky, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a year ago, I guess. And I mentioned Wes Garmer's name from Sasquatch Chronicles. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all listen. Oh, to yeah. Yeah. Not. But, you know, I was only doing podcasts for a few months when I got on Wes's show to talk about, you know, my Sasquatch experience. And so I was on Hollow Sky and I talked about Wes helping me you know, gain an audience. He was a wonderful guy. He offered to help me with this and that. This man who listened to the show hated Wes Germer so bad that he felt the need to call, to email me and tell me how wrong I was for saying that Wes was a good man. Oh <laughs> and my. Like, he sent like this full page hate speech and had never even listened to my show yet. You know, he was like, I, I hope when I turn your show on that you're better than this and that. And then he started recommending who I should be listening to, uh-huh. who, is a, who is a real host, you know? <laughs> it was like... Because he knows. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah <laughs> Everybody's man, an expert. In the world now. No, it's it's crazy how people will do that. I'm trying to think. I block... I, I, I just... I don't feed into it. I just delete comments and block stuff. It just... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sean from Killer Mike a long time ago told me uh, some good advice. If you guys are anybody at home is starting a podcast, this is good advice. This is, oh, sorry. This is your house. Why would you let somebody come in your house and disrespect you? Right. So it's just not worth it. Don't feed into it, but just delete the comment, block it. It's just not, it's not worth it. You don't need negativity in your life. But I just seen somebody actually attacking Tony on Facebook about uh, him going up there with Wes and stuff like that over this whole thing. Really? Yeah, it's just like, they're like, uh, they said Tony was a no-name guy and stuff like that. It's like, really? I mean, wow. Wes is really big, obviously, but right. Tony's really big, too, you know? Yeah. Tony's Tony not, has made it. Man. Yeah. Tony's nothing yeah. to laugh at. And yeah. Tony they were, has made it. Yeah, they were just complaining about that. I know we're, we, we've done this for a while, but do you have any more ones you want to cover um you know i i could probably talk all night if i didn't I don't. work in the morning but right i think but, i think this is just part one right yeah yeah i think yeah, we're we gonna have a that. sasquatch special between me and your stories yeah we could definitely do that uh so if you could if we're okay with ending it here soon uh why don't you give our listeners all your shout outs a place to find your stuff anything to plug and then we'll do the same for your listeners Fantastic. Thank you. Yep. You can hear me on pretty much any podcast platform out there. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel. I'm on all the social media stuff, uh, TikTok, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can go to the website, thebunkpodcast.com. You can holler at me on there, or you can just email me if you have an experience that you want to share, if you want to come on the show at thebunkpodcast at gmail.com. Um, 
that pretty much covers everything. If you want to send me a text message, I have a, uh, uh, a bump phone. I call it. It's a phone that I got just for the show that people can send voicemails and texts and memes and stuff. Uh, that number is 304-812-0553. Um, I won't bore you with the, the address and stuff like that. We can, they can get on social media and find that, yep. but yeah, everything should be available through the website, the bump podcast.com or email. So just holler at me. And you have members only content, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah, I do. I have members only content every week. Uh, it's usually like early release kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll throw out like an extra episode. I'm actually working on one of those right now. Um, I throw out some merch. I do giveaways, stuff like that. Um, t-shirts, mugs, decals, all the fun stuff. Um, so, yes, yeah, on Patreon and the website, they can, they can sign up to be okay. a member there, too. I didn't want you to forget that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so for our side of it, same thing. You can find us on all the, you know, major platform apps, uh, cryptids of the corn. Um, we got Patreon. That's a fun. We do like trivia nights. Our next actually, we do like do events and stuff with them, and we give all kinds of stuff away. Our next one's mm-hmm. Cryptid Bingo. Yeah. So, uh, if you want to play some Cryptid Bingo with us, hop on our Patreon. And uh, cryptidofthecorn dot com is our website. Uh, we do like we. I'll list the other shows here in a minute, but. We do on Facebook Live every Tuesday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called Cryptids and Coffee. You can come have a coffee with us. And we talk, talk about all kinds of random stuff. Yes. Literally has n- nothing to do with cryptids usually. Hardly. But, yeah. But, uh, but you could, of, we've been doing that for about a year. And you could probably find 18 minutes about cryptids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's just like a production meeting before we record on Tuesday. So it's fun. It gets us warmed up for the day. Uh, but yeah, Patreon. Uh, one of my, we have a YouTube, Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, oh. all the social medias. Mm-hmm. If you want to get a hold of us, it's cryptids of the corn podcast at gmail.com. Uh, please don't use the Instagram or anything like that. We kind of had issues with it from just inflow. It just gets it gets confusing. Uh, what am I forgetting to plug? Oh, I did. I remembered. Okay. Uh, we have a live show. Anybody is in Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia, that area. It is in Middletown, Ohio. That is April 22nd. Right. Yep. Uh, six p.m. to ten p.m. It's a live show we're doing with Hillbilly Horror Stories. Uh, we love the, we we love Jerry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're praying for you, Jerry. He just had a heart surgery and stuff. Um, now did I remember it all? Well, we're you can spe- get tickets online. We're speakers at conferences and events this year, like all all around the East Coast this year. Um, and you can hop on our website, cryptidsofthecorn dot com, and check out all those events if you're interested in joining. Um, I'm not sure what day this comes out, but I know April 1st this year, we're speaking at Encounter Quest. Um, that should be a really fun, fun event in Hamlet, North Carolina. And uh, that'll be our speaking debut of the year. Your speaking debut. Well, yeah, my speaking. It's ours, Cryptids yeah. of the Corn. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that'll be, a, that'll be a fun event. So check things out. We're actually giving away tickets for oh, that yeah. one as well, it, too. This may, it's, I don't know when this will come out. We haven't. Yeah, sometimes. We haven't fully discussed that yet. But if it's not out yet, go to YouTube because we're giving away tickets to these events and stuff like that. We give away tickets all the time. Mm-hmm. Always giving stuff away. But I just want to say thank you for doing this with us. Yeah. We love doing this. We're, it's, we already oh, got man. part two planned, it sounds. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, but you're one of our favorites, and we're excited to grow the, uh, as the guys on AI say, you know, grow the tribe. Yep. Uh, 
but oh, I did forget. I got one more thing to plug. We do the floating mushroom show with Joel and Sean of Killer Mockingbirds. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say the other shows that we don't worry produce about it. Or, okay. You can find it on the website. Yep, it's all there. Uh, but yeah, thank oh. you. We have a tradition to end it. If you're okay with it. Sure. We're gonna count down from three, and we're all gonna scream bye. If that's good all with right. you. That's you guys good with me, man. All right. Three, two, one. Bye. 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 <laughs> that's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through thebumppodcast.com. So just go there. Um, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel at any time. Get in on uh, all the, the new, latest, and greatest stuff we have going on. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I love you. God bless. Hey. That yonder in the distance with his garment white and snow, with a voice that sounds like thunder walking on the street of gold, his like lightning setting high upon his throne has ten thousand times ten thousand saying we finally made it home glory city there's a river flowing from God's holy throne where the tree of life is blooming where the head has not been pulled no more tears in that bright city Death will have to flee away. No more sickness, no more heartaches in that land a perfect day. Glory, glory, hallelujah, praise the Lord. country city we
the saints of old with their troubles far behind them who never suffer anymore i'm going home in the morning to that the streets of gold with Jesus in that city built for square. Glory, glory, hallelujah, praise the Lamb forevermore. Praise the holy name of Jesus, bless the Yes, bless the Lord, oh my soul. If you're personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, says it really simply, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you. Called me up one night 
just to say Brother, if you would I need you to pray So I went to the altar I fell down on my knees and I prayed Ask the Lord if he would heal him, and now he's living better days. So if you're here, feeling lonely. And your burdens you no longer can bear. Just come on up to this altar and take it to the Lord in prayer. Come on up. Fall down on your knees and pray. Ask the Lord to forgive you, and you'll be living better days. So come on up. Better